0: Welcome to the CultureWise podcast, where God's good news meets the Latter-day Saints with wisdom and grace. Here we aim to discuss topics relating to how followers of Jesus can more effectively reach Latter-day Saints and their relational networks. For more information about this podcast, check out our pilot episode titled, What Is This Podcast About? My name is Daniel Schugert, and I am joined today by Dave Elsog, the executive director of Loving Utah, and we're going to ask him some questions about uh, the way that he has been engaging in God's mission here in the Utah context and among Latter-day Saints. Some interesting information about him is that he won the Showcase Showdown on The Price is Right. That's right. Dave, how, how would you like to share with us about um, the way you've been engaging in Utah and among Latter-day Saints, and um, specifically in your role as Executive Director with Loving Utah?
1: Yeah, well, um, Loving Utah, we started um, somewhere around 12 years ago, I suppose, Um, and we wanted to um, see churches thrive in Utah. Um, Actually, Ross Anderson, who's with us as well. Hey, Ross. Hey. Hey. Um, Ross and I and and a few other pastors um, sat down over a decade ago and just said, um, we're seeing a lot of churches come and being started by people who were from outside of Utah. So Mm -hmm. they were coming from Tennessee and Florida and California and different places. And, um, many of those did not have a cultural understanding of what it meant to, to lead a church and start a church in Utah. Um, and so we saw a lot of failures going on. Mm -hmm. Churches would start, they'd be excited. They'd run out of resources and then, um, eventually they'd close their doors and, and usually the church planter would move away. Um, Go back to a different part of the United States. And we thought that's not really good. Hmm. Um, yeah. It's not good for the church planter who's invested a lot of time and energy into raising funds. It's not good for the denomination or the sending group. Um, it's not good for um, the people who are here in Utah that they're trying to reach and then feel like may- maybe they're abandoned after this. Um, and so it really wasn't good for the Christian culture even in Utah. <laughs>
2: mm-hmm.
1: So so we sat down and we said, what could we do? What could we do to change this? And the first thing we just did was we said, hey, let's just get together and make sure these church planters know that they're loved, they're cared for, and there's people on the ground. People like Ross, who um, has a history of ministry in Utah. The um, thing I appreciated about Ross was that he just— you know, he had always had an open door. He'd always want to answer questions of, of church planters or anyone else mm-hmm. of how to do ministry in Utah. So that's kind of how Loving Utah got started. Um, we just said, man, there's there's kind of a gap between what people know about Utah before they come and what they experience when they get here. Um, and so we, because of that, um, we just decided we'd get together. So we would do training events and events where we would – Um, like little one-day conferences where we'd pray together and encourage each other and teach each other. But really, the biggest thing for me was that they would network together so that they would have other friends who are in the same place in ministry in Utah that they could lean on, pray for, encourage. And that's how Loving Utah got started. And now we've done some uh, cultural training. So we created an online um, courses for people to what we say is to understand and love their Latter-day Saint neighbor, mm-hmm. um, and how to have great conversations and not have to have to fumble around and go, I don't know what's what I believe, what they believe, you know, um, and maybe even help people from stepping on people's toes or offending people as well. Mm-hmm. Um, just how do we understand the people that... Because I'm not from Utah, um, and a lot of pastors in Utah are not from here, so... Um, because they're not from here, it it takes uh, it takes time and relationships to kind of understand what's going on here. So, um, and then we do a lot of a, a few other things. We do an internship program, um, and we do coaching for churches and church leadership teams to kind of help them think about the Great Commission and have a conversation of how can they take the Great Commission from their church into the into the world and the community that they live in. So those are some of the things that we do for Loving Utah.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, how could listeners get their hands on that content that you were describing that would help them engage with Latter-day Saints well, whether they're new to the culture or they've been here for some time and, and been experiencing the culture?
1: Yeah, um, they can just go to LovingUtah.org, and if you click on our training page or our internship page, um, you can find out more information about that. And then uh, my contact information is on there as well. So they could send me an email and we could connect. So,
0: Great. We'll put the, the link to lovingutah.org in the description of this video as well. So listeners can get connected there and, and receive some of those I know that I've certainly been a, a recipient of some of the encouragement and blessing of being uh, a little bit connected with the Loving Utah Network. And, and there's been lots of mutual connections made that have been very fruitful in my life and in the work that I'm doing here in Utah specifically. You were sharing with us a little bit before this of, of the recent project that Loving Utah has begun. What can you share about this recent project, The One True Jesus?
1: Yeah, The One True Jesus podcast. Um, this started in my heart probably back in uh, 2018, 2019. Because I talked to a lot of pastors and I network with a lot of pastors, I would just ask them, like, how How are things going? And mm-hmm. um, they, would, they would sometimes say, hey, this is happening or that is happening. But one of the things, uh, a story that kept recurring, was uh, pastors sharing about people's testimonies of how they had left their religion and had discovered this relationship with Jesus and how it had really changed their lives. And um, as, they, as these pastors would explain these stories to me um, and they'd relay them back, there was a real similar uh, testimony that was recurring over and over and over again. And that was basically um, that this person would say, I spent like, 10 years or so just on the internet. And Hmm. I was kind of searching is, is what my religion teaching me? Is it true? I've heard some things. I want to research some things. I want, I'm looking for truth. Um, and really doing it anonymously like that. They were actually seeking online, not sharing it. Oftentimes not sharing it with their spouse, definitely not sharing it with their religious leaders. And so they were kind of isolated on the internet for whatever they could find. Um, and they would say like up to a decade for some of them. Um, and then they would share how they discovered the new Testament and they started reading the new Testament and studying the new Testament and really seeing Jesus in a different light Mm -hmm. than what they had grown up in, in their religion and, and desiring Jesus, but really not like knowing what the next steps would be. Um, but somehow they either got invited by a friend to a, a Christian church, or they just started getting interested, googling Christian churches and and trying them out and showing up, yeah. and and really just walking in and having a completely different experience, um, where they would hear uh, Jesus being preached in a way um, of love and compassion and and the way to. Uh, with the way to God. So um, they would experience worship differently as far as like singing worship. A lot of times they'd run into, they'd be just totally different songs than what their, their right, religious right. experience was. And it it drew them into making a decision to say, I w- I want this Jesus, like I want a relationship with Jesus. Um, and they would take the step of of being baptized. And so uh, I was sitting down with one pastor and he, he was telling me this and and he said i have, we had 8 people getting baptized this was a couple years ago 8 people being baptized they all had the same testimony wow and i say, he goes that was so weird but like okay I, it was unexpected for him that that this would happen yeah. and um and then the funny thing was a few months before that i was in a bible study with some some guys from my church and i heard the exact same testimony from my friend um, who it was a 15 year journey, and he heard somewhere on a podcast somewhere that said, "Hey, um, just look for a de- non denominational church, and they'll tell you about Jesus." Hmm. And he never heard the term non denominational church before. He Googled it. He showed up to the church I was on staff with, and um, I asked him, "Like, what was your fear level going into in you know coming in for the first time on a scale of one to 10? And he said. It was about a 15. Oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> I said, but you came in, right? He goes, I came in and you found Jesus, right? Wow. I found Jesus. I and mean, then you found people who would who would teach you about Jesus. And he says, Yeah, I did. You know, and so um, as as I'm hearing all these testimonies, the first thing that hits my heart is wow, that's a long time. That's a long time, 10, 10, 15 years is a long time to be searching and you can't, you can't discuss this with your family members. You can't discuss this with your other church members. And I was thinking, I was trying to put myself in the shoes of those people. And I thought how lonely that is for one. And then there's a lot of websites out there that you could find. Right. And some speak truth. Some don't speak truth. Some are really antagonistic towards religion. Um, and so it just started saying, like, how could we shorten that dark journey? Mm-hmm. Um, how could we shorten the journey from I'm doubting my faith, I'm doubting my religion, I'm doubting my roots, I'm doubting my, my, you know, what my family believes, to oh, Jesus is the answer, hmm. right? Jesus is. A relationship with him is the answer. So, how do we? How would we shorten that? Um, and so that's that's kind of the 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 impetus and kind of put me on a journey myself of saying, I don't, I don't really know what to do with that information. Mm-hmm. Like, how do you find people who are seeking Jesus anonymously and interact with them? I don't know.
2: <laughs> and that, that's the challenge for me that I think m- makes this project so interesting and so hopeful, is that, you know, your information, your intel is based on all the people who actually did make it to church. Yes. And there might, for everyone that, that made it to the church, like your, your friend finally got to the church in spite of his fear, fa- there's probably five or maybe more people who never, ever consider um Jesus in as, a, as an alternative after they've left, um, you know, the high-demand religion of Mormonism. And so how do we connect with those people while they're in that 10-year searching process yeah. to help them not just default to atheism or agnosticism? And so that, to me, this project has huge implications and huge potential to connect with those invisible seekers that... Otherwise, we may never see come through the doors of the church where where we have an opportunity to intersect their life. How do we intersect their life uh, before they have made a decision that they're not going to go to a Christian church? Yeah. That's that's what makes it make a lot of sense to me.
1: Yeah, for sure. When um we started thinking about this, um, I started I I asked Ross and Daniel both like, what would you do? Like, should we could we start a website could we do something um because back up one second but um if there's a path out of religion a lot of times people take the path out of religion towards non-religion um and there is a path and his name is jesus and he said i am the way the truth and the life and we want to point people to that as an alternative to just um begging god or or saying this can't be real, God can't be real, all this thing. So how do we share the message of Jesus and his love and his wanting to have a relationship?
0: Yeah, that's good. And and how are you using the word religion, and how is that opposed with a relationship to Jesus?
1: Yeah, that's that's a good question. Um, this, this whole last few years, thinking about this project, like thinking about even like doing this mm-hmm. uh, podcast, had me really searching my own heart and my own life about religion versus relationship with Jesus. And I even had to look at back at my own personal growing up in in a church in a specific denomination that had just a lot of rules and regulations. And as I grew up and as I and and I learned the Bible there. Like I would go to Sunday school and learn the Bible stories. And I knew of who Joshua and Moses and Abraham I knew how like all this how I knew all about that, and I knew what was, how to act in church and how to act, you know, and I learned all these things, but I didn't have that personal relationship with Jesus. Yeah. And so I, I was around church a lot. I was around religion a lot. And I started thinking about the stories of that I've heard from people in my life, you know, from all different kinds of religions that I've met, right? I've, I have friends that have been Muslims and Buddhists and and all different stripes of Christianity, right? And they all kind of have this similar thing of like, I learned how to behave. Hmm. I learned what to believe and how to behave. And if I had the right beliefs and the right behavior, then I was good with my church. And that meant I was good with God. Or I was good with my religion and I'm good with God. And um, I've just really personally come to the decision that Man, although there's many good things that have come from religious institutions, mm-hmm. right? Like there's good things, like religious institutions feed the poor, and and they open hospitals for the sick, right? They do things that are actually good, but I think the the damage that they do is is put behavior and belief, um, specifically specific doctrines and specific behavior. Above that relationship with Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. And um and that can happen. That happened that's happened ever since man was on earth. Ever since God created man. Man always wanted to put together a religious order. Hmm. Um and so that's why so many religions look the same. Like they have buildings and they have prophets and they have a scripture and like there's so, they're so they all kind of look the same because religion just puts things in order hmm. right um, It doesn't mean that they put them in the right order or that they're correct yeah. um, and and then it becomes about that over the relationship So I started asking questions like should we make a website should we tell stories um, there are there are testimonies of people online and so um, but we wanted to actually tell the story of people and tell the story of their journey because we're so interested in this. Like some people have been on a 10 year journey and sometimes it's a one year journey or sometimes it's five years. We want to hear the stories of their journey. So that's what we're recording right now. So, um, for the one true Jesus podcast, it will be stories of people whose lives have been changed in relationship with Jesus and, and their journey. So there's some commonalities in the journey that we're discovering. Um, and there's also um, very personal uh, journeys that people have mm-hmm. been on yeah. where Jesus invades their life on a on a way that is personal to them. I, uh, one of the interviews we do, her name is Alicia, and um, Alicia's husband had become a Christian. He's a follower of Jesus. And she was okay with that because it was like at least he's not An atheist. Yeah. So so she was kind of in that uh, kind of like, well, at least he's not an atheist. And so their kids were sometimes going to his uh church that he was part of, and and sometimes they were going to the LDS ward. And and so there was this, you know, but things in life were not going well for them. Hmm. And she tells the story of cutting hay. So they're living on a farm, and (laughs) she's not really a farm girl, but they happened to be living on a farm yeah. and she was angry about how life was going and um, their family, their marriage, their kids, like just things were just falling apart. And she just went and yelled at God for two hours hmm. while she cut, cut hay. She just cutting hay and just angry and yelling at God. Why are you doing this to me? Why, what, you know, you know, and just kind of making demands of God. And it was in that moment where where she felt God's love for really the first time. Wow. And, and thought everything's going to be okay, you know? And it, it put her on a track to putting her faith in Jesus in a way that she had never done before. Um, and so I, I hear stories like Alicia and she was a friend of mine and I was there the day at our church where she decided to be baptized. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I It was amazing like there was not a dry eye in the room because everybody knew her husband who was kind of serving who was serving in our church and and she had been coming and hanging out but like she she finally said and the cool thing was she goes i am not the savior i am not the healer i can't fix anything only jesus can fix this in my life and their life is completely changed and transformed now and so we're telling their story as as one of the stories that we're telling so it's just like Jesus is—he's a personal God. He is a personal God. Like he—he he not only created us, so he knows us. Um, but the Bible even says that that he suffered as we did. Like we like like we sometimes get, go on a pity party, and I'm suffering this way or this way, whatever. And the Bible says he suffered just just the same way we suffered. Mm-hmm. Um, but. Um, he overcame all those things, and so it's through it's through Jesus that people can overcome. So we wanted we wanted to to go a little different route than other websites,
2: right? Which are informational, maybe pros and cons. Kind yeah, of. yeah. So this is more re- relational or more narrative.
1: Yeah, because I mean, there's there's a lot of websites that would do comparative religion, you know, Latter Day mm-hmm. Saints versus Christianity. What are Doctrinal differences, belief differences, scriptural differences, views views of God, um, views of eternity, differences, and um, and there's plenty of stuff out there that people could look yeah, at. There's if, great
2: stuff. It's not hard to not that hard yeah. to find. So why why reinvent that wheel, right? Yeah,
1: and and just knowing that um, it's really it's it really doesn't always. Um, end up in a fruitful conversation either, a lot of times. A lot of times people can come, become defensive of like, you think I'm bad because I believe this, and I or they might deny that they believe something that their church has a doctrine in. And so um, if I truly believe that Jesus is a personal God, that he loves each person individually, um, we wanted to go down that road instead and say, what was your journey like? We might discover that part of the journey was Understanding doctrine yeah. in a new way, or under yeah. reading the Bible with fresh eyes, or whatever, we might discover that in people's stories. But we wanted we wanted it to be their stories because we believe every person that God has created that lives on Earth has a story where they could they can relate to God mm-hmm. and God and Jesus wants to relate to them. And so, um, why not start there yeah. where where God's working on people's hearts already?
2: Yeah, and I think it fits with the the LDS culture in a lot of ways, because in LDS culture, uh, narrative is really important. Truth is embedded in stories. Personal testimony is very important. And so in terms of engaging credibility with people, I could come in with all the facts that doesn't necessarily engage credibility. If I come in with a story and an experience that's very relatable in the cultural context, and that does engage credibility right away. Yeah. It's a, the other thing that I'm loving about doing
1: this project with a few of my friends, um, we're, make, we're doing this podcast together, is discovering what actually is drawing people to Jesus. Um, one of the things that we've discovered in almost every story is Christian radio, specifically Christian music radio, hmm. like K-Love. There you go. Shout out to K-Love. You can send your checks to Loving Utah Uh, (laughs) as an endorsement. Um, Or any Christian radio station that has worship worship songs and songs about Jesus um, seem to be something that is easily accessible Mm -hmm. to people. They can turn it on in their radio. It doesn't seem to be something that people try to hide from. So that was the interesting part of stories was like, yeah, my wife and I, we would listen to this, you know, we would listen to Love, and we would go to Christian uh, concerts and, mm-hmm. and we would, you know, sing about Jesus. And we thought that was uplifting and it was good. Um, not really connecting to the, the dots as far as like, how come our church doesn't sing like this? Or why don't we have, why don't we have this experience in, in our, right. our religious, religious contest, context? Right, right. right. But boy, that's an exterior, uh, sp- I don't know, s- stimuli or whatever you want to say. Yeah, that's probably not the right word, but it's something that's exterior that's always going on 24 7. These radio waves are going through the air, coming on their tuner, and they're listening to them on the radio going, I really like that. I have this like really good feeling about this
2: Jesus, right? And I don't know what to do with it. People are willingly giving the, that radio station influence in their life yeah they don't have like a barrier up like they would yeah. if it was necessarily content sometimes, and especially if it's content about directly about mormonism so it's kind of a judo move right it's an yeah. indirection a misdirection yeah um that that allows people to be influenced by scripture and by biblical concepts through music yeah because their guard is down yeah, yeah.
1: and then you know when I think about that and you're t- we're talking to people who are Doing ministry in Utahs whatever, whatever. As we're discovering these things, like one of the things we'd want to do is amplify those type of things. If Christian music really does draw people towards a personal relationship with Jesus, how could we leverage that in our churches, yeah, in our ministries, yeah. um, in our conversations with our neighbors? That we might, they might, they might be listening to K Love and have a real commonality. Around the conversation of who Jesus is, that you might not even be aware of, um, and it seems like they'd even be open to just talking about that, right? So, when we, when we think about things like that, I'm like, well, if we are discovering ways, commonality ways people are coming to Christ, we should we should probably think about in our own ministries, like how do we how do we use those things to leverage um, people coming over. Uh, to Jesus and, and having a relationship with Him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Great point.
0: So how would you describe, what it, what is the ultimate aim of the One True Jesus Project?
1: That is a great question. Um, our hope is that um, the people that we interview, first of all, that they would be, their strength, their faith would grow, and that they would actually be an influencer to other Hmm. people, like that their story would inspire other people and maybe even bring about a personal relationship with them and other people who they could share their story with and and mentor people or help people or help people walk through the journey. So that's kind of our, our first thing. Um, And our hope is that as more and more testimonies are being shared, that more and more people will hear that people who are already doubting Mm-hmm. They may still be part of their religion they might be in and out you know they might be on their way out um or they might have left and and the life their life post religion is not as satisfying as they thought it would be um so our our hope is that our aim is to to speak to those people and say hey there is there's a another alternative to whatever whatever path you're going down and Jesus is that alternative and and it doesn't need to be attached to a religion um, I, I think that the the temptation would be like if I was in the if I was in a religion that I don't believe is true I need to replace that with another religion right and um, that's not what we want that's not the message we want to share we want to share we want you didn't know that you can have a personal relationship. Mm -hmm. That's why we're also, um, we'll have a website that will go along with our podcast. Um, We're going to try to do two other tracks of video. So our first, the first podcast we're doing are just conversations with people Mm -hmm. who've had this life change. Um, The second track would be um, walking people through the book of John. And um, Yeah. yeah, We just, I just look at the book of John and I've been reading it over and over again for the last couple of years, mm-hmm. <laughs> just like just fascinated by the content in the book of John. And it, and one of the main things, one of the main themes is Jesus having these personal conversations one on one with people like you see Nicodemus or the woman at the well or other people that, um. Even Pontius Pilate, it's this long conversation. Jesus is having one-on-one with the guy who's got his life in his hands, right? Um, and Jesus is like, you don't have actually my life in your hands. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you'll, you can only do that if my father gives you the authority to kill me. So there you go. Um, but he's having all these personal conversations with people. Where In the other Gospels, there's some of that. But it's kind of like a brief story of Jesus healed this person, then he went to this town, and he healed this person. It's more of an event uh, thing where, where John is personal. The other thing about the book of John that we want people to kind of um, pursue and read and look at is that Jesus and religion really came, the the conflict was really high in the book of John. like. Hmm. Um, the conflict between the religious leaders who were supposed to actually their their job was to shepherd the people towards a relationship with God mm-hmm. and they were doing the complete opposite um, they were they were pushing people to doing things and works and and kind of an outward show of perfection um, where Jesus is saying no, that that the that's not the way it is. it's a relationship with me so, so there's this high level of tension between religion and Jesus, right? Mm-hmm. Here's Jesus saying, "These are the principles of the kingdom" and and the religious leaders are saying, "No, you must do it a b c d e f g and and onward and onward and and hundreds and hundreds of rules." In order to kind of show everyone that that you have favor with God, mm-hmm. and they and Jesus is saying you don't have favor with God. Actually, you're kind of like working against God. Yeah. Um, in in so many ways, and and so, um, I think that's really applicable. The Book of John is really applicable to the people who live in Utah who have had a religious experience, um, to kind of see Jesus in a way that he's personal and he's he didn't come to start a religion. He actually came to break down the religion and open up the relationship Mm -hmm. with god we also want to just answer people's questions as well you know so we're going to have another track called god questions and we're just going to answer the questions about the reliability of the bible who jesus is you know um and and those things that maybe someone coming out of religion um, and doesn't have that relationship could think about they can search the scriptures themselves you know that's what we also encourage people is like don't take don't take my word for it like look at the bible what does the bible say um because the bible is reliable and so um those are some of the things that we're we're trying to accomplish and and just really shortening the journey Mm from confusion about religion, to a relationship with Jesus. And, yeah. And yeah. That...
2: That's awesome. I mean, now I'm thinking about all the things that, that you're doing with this project. There's a lot of video, there's a lot of production, there's yeah. a lot of uh, technical expertise involved. Yeah. Um, you know, how have you come up with uh, resources and the expertise yeah. to do um, all these amazing things?
1: That's right. Um, yeah. Creating a podcast can be kind of expensive and it's time-consuming and all these things. Um, you're right. in In Utah, it oftentimes because I've been in Utah since 2006, and um, what I discovered in ministry here is ministry often runs on a very thin budget, and um, sometimes you just have to bootstrap your way to to getting things done. Um, but I think the most important thing is. For those people who are trying to do Utah on a on a small doing ministry in Utah on a small budget or no budget at all or maybe a negative budget, um, <laughs> when they're trying to do that, um, the first thing you got to do is just pray. Um, you know, we've been talking about pointing people to a personal relationship with Jesus. Like, you have to pray and just say, God, I need your help. Like, um, this project was two years in development with just basically myself and, and my friend, Nate Fox, and we were bringing in consultants and people of like, Hey, help us think like you two, um, help us think through this and everything. But like, we didn't have any facility to do a podcast. We didn't have any equipment. Um, we didn't have any budget. And so we just said, God, you're going to have to provide, like we're just asking God, would you provide for us, um, the expertise, the people around us. Um, We would even ask specific people in Utah of like, hey, could you help us with video production? Could you help us with this? And nearly everyone's answer was, we're already strapped in the amount of time and energy we're putting into our own church or our own ministry. So there's really not a lot of uh, opportunity for them to help us. Then I get a call from a guy named Jeff, who's a pastor... And on the Illinois side of St. Louis, and he says, hey, tell me about ministry in Utah. And I said, okay, well, because we work with a lot of church planters, um, I oftentimes get i get a lot of calls from church planters from around the country who say, hey, we heard about you. Could you tell us what ministry in Utah is? So I was thinking I was talking to some guy who wanted to come plant a church in Utah. Hmm. Um And so that conversation went for about a half hour. And then he started telling me that he had a degree in marketing and that he produces YouTube channels and he owns, he's a part owner in a YouTube production Hmm. company. (laughs) And his friends invited him to come and hang out in Utah for a week. And when he came here, he was like, wow, what's going on here? And maybe I can help. And so I said, well, let me tell you about the project my friend Nate and I are working on, which is really a couple Google Docs and <laughs> and a lot of prayer. That's pretty much the the where where we were uh, in our development of our podcast, and it wasn't even a podcast, and it was a website at that point. We're saying, hey, we want to put these videos on a website, whatever, and and so would you want to help us and that led to more and more conversations and more and more prayer. Now, Jeff is, um, he was out here, uh, in 2022 helping us actually record our first, uh, podcast episodes. Mm -hmm. Um, he has, he is a master of production, but he has a heart of a pastor and has compassion towards people who, who are feeling lost, who are feeling stuck. Um, and so, God brought him to us, and he's been to Utah several times. He's helped us. We meet with him every week, um, and um, he's, he's a huge part of this team. That's incredible.
0: So how can the everyday person become involved with the One True Jesus project or maybe something like it in their area?
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, the, most, the simplest way anyone could uh, interact with One True Jesus is to actually share it with people like to, on social media or in person, if they have a friend uh, who they know is struggling with, with uh, their faith or their religion um, that they would just say, Hey, here's a resource pointing people to the resource is going to be extremely helpful. Mm-hmm. That'd be, that'd be the easiest way um, because we don't have a big marketing or advertising budget. So um, we will need word of mouth and social media help uh, in spreading that. So, um, they could jump on our social media platforms and 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 share, or they could share the website link. Um, the next level probably would be um, just pray for it. Like that's another way that um, prayer is not passive; it's active, and mm-hmm. so you can be praying because we know that God answers our prayers. And um, and then the third way would be to becoming more active is is um, contacting us through through the website or through loving Utah or whatever and say, Hey, I want to, I want to participate. Right. I want to, I want to like be a mentor to someone. And, and we're trying to build a network of, of mentoring ministries as well in Utah. So um, we know people who know people and, and, um, and so um, we're hoping that, because ultimately I don't just want someone to find about Jesus, find out about Jesus on a, website or a YouTube channel mm-hmm. and be stuck there. Like I want them to f- find a discipleship relationship for, so we're going to need an actual army. Nate and I, that's the next thing we're praying about is like Nate and Jeff and I, we're praying that there's an army of people who will say, raise their hand and say, I'll, I'll have coffee or I'll sit down. I'll disciple somebody. I'll eat a Bible study. I'll do something active that as people are discovering Jesus, that we can get them into relationship um with somebody who loves Jesus. So um yeah.
2: Yeah. Are you still looking for uh people's stories to to video? Yes, that's another so way. If Thanks. somebody if I know somebody who has a great story, an exit story or something like that, are you still yes. looking for
1: Yeah? We wanna always be telling fresh stories. So um that's another way to get involved. If you have a story or if you know somebody who does have a story, um we want referrals to that as well because we want to meet new friends as well and and people that we might not know about their story yet, but they have something to share, something to tell, and it gives it gives the storytellers an opportunity to share their testimony in a way that technology allows us to these days. You know, um, we didn't always have this technology to be able to get into somebody's home or into somebody's life or onto somebody's phone um and and share the gospel Mm -hmm. where we do now and so yeah that's a great that's a great point ross Mm -hmm.
0: well thank you so much for joining us today it really is incredible to hear how god is using you and others around you to do this incredible project that we pray will reach many latter-day saints and even former mormons and those who are walking out of uh, religious structures that have no relationship to jesus and into a a true, vibrant, walking relationship with Jesus. So thank you for sharing. Thanks for having me. Again, this is the CultureWise podcast, where God's good news meets the Latter-day Saints. Wisdom and grace.